Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 63 of Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. It's still every time we like go one more up on that scale. It's hard for me to believe that we have been doing this podcast for that long, but here we are at episode 63. And as it has been for what, the last 10 months or so at this point, Randy Cash is there through the computer. Hey, what's up? How you doing? How's it, how's it going over there? It's going fantastic. Is it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Do you, do you feel a whole year older? I do. I feel like I've been on this planet for half a century, man. Half a century and a year. And a year. Right. Technically, I am entering into my 52nd year. Yeah, technically you're right. You you have made it through. Yep, there you go. I'm with you. I'm I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. Did you have a good birthday? It was fantastic. Thank you. It, well, good. I'm glad. I, I had a good time. Share, I didn't get to share your baby picture this year on Facebook. I couldn't find it. And I was like, what the heck? I'll just post a picture and tell him happy birthday. And then last night in my memories, it popped up. And I'm like, dang it. I could have I could have shared it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, maybe next year. Maybe next year. I know. I know. Well, good. I'm glad you had a birthday. I don't suppose in all of your celebrating, you went back and did any of the, you know, assessments that we have on your list of assessments to do. Yeah, as a matter of fact, if you give me a minute, I'll email them over to you. You did not do them. Did you really? No, man. I've been <laughs> you just talked about off the air what I've been doing. I know, but I didn't know. Maybe you just had a free moment in there somewhere. You know, I'm it could have happened. All right, Sorry. we'll work on it. One of these days when like, you know, restrictions are lifted and we can like gather in places again, I'll have to, I'll have to like bring the assessments like to your place and be like, okay, we're doing them right now. Here we go. So we're not going to talk about assessments today, but I had to at least check in to see if we made any progress. We are going to sort of circle back and start talking more about the four agreements. Now, I know it's been a while since we focused on this on either the podcast or the radio show, but I really feel like the more I read about, the more I learn about, the more I teach my clients about the concept of the four agreements, the more important they seem to be, especially in this day and age that we find ourselves in where everything is very intense and there's a lot of reacting to whatever's happening and not a lot of thinking through how we want to respond. And I feel like the four agreements go hand in hand with this whole process. So do you remember me talking about these at all, Mr. Cash? I do. I just realized I don't think I brought the book back here, but the four agreements is by Don Miguel Ruiz, Ruiz Ruiz. I'm not sure how if I'm saying that right. I've wondered that for years now, but we're going to assume that he knows if he hears this, that I mean nothing but respect because I really find his work to be amazing. It's a framework that I like to tell people it's simple in theory, but not necessarily easy to implement. It is a four sort of concept checklist of sorts that you can use as a framework to ask yourself anytime you feel like you're getting really emotionally drawn into something emotionally hooked feeling like almost you're just you're, you're in a really negative headspace so the first one is be impeccable with your words are you using your words in a way of truth love, light, and positivity. This does not mean that you have to avoid talking about or thinking about negative things, but when you're choosing to speak about it, there are constructive ways that you can speak about these things versus what I'll call less than constructive 
manners of doing so. So the being impeccable with your words from a relationship perspective is really about asking in your relationship, are you showing up in a way where your words are being used like in a good way? Or are you using your words to cut your partner down, to tear them down, to make them feel bad? to, you know, criticize or to somehow belittle them? Or are you using those words as a way to say, I love you, I care about you, let's work on things together, let's find middle ground. That whole same team mentality that we've been talking about, the impeccability with your words really goes hand in hand with this. I'm not sure who came up with the, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm not suggesting that we don't have a choice how we respond to things, but words really do have the ability to hurt our feelings and make us, you know, just question things in our life or maybe not particularly like how they make us feel. And there is something about recognizing that words have power. And so with the first agreement, it's be impeccable with your words. And Randy, I feel like you're really good at this. I feel like you really think through what you want to say. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I know you've told me in the past that maybe you you weren't so good at this one. You would just kind of say whatever was on your mind and you didn't really give a lot of thought to whether or not it hurt somebody or not, but that you've learned how to be different in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I yeah, I, I pay a lot more attention to more of my demeanor and how my words come across. And yeah, to an extent, the actual words that I say, I was just thinking when you were saying all that would be impeccable at your words. Like I've noticed how vulgar I've become lately. <laughs> you become vulgar with your words lately. Yeah. And I've just been working in things, you know, and just how on how, how I didn't like after I, I've noticed it so much that it, it made me think, man, I really don't like that so much. No, I get that. I think sometimes like self-auditing and asking yourself, like, what are, what are the words that I'm using a lot of? And do I find that they're helping me or hurting me? And even if they're neutral or maybe somewhere in the middle, am I OK with what that looks like? You know, so then that leads us into the don't take things personally. And this one is really hard. I mean, it, it really is. I feel like it can be incredibly life changing. But at the same time, it is incredibly difficult to really wrap yourself around and to just embody it all the time. And I think we see a lot of evidence of that. Just if you look at, you know, like social media and people that want to, you know, take comments personally. I was talking to somebody the other day that said, I left a comment on a friend of mine's page and someone else in the comments took what I said wrong took it very personally and then responded almost attacking me when I wasn't fighting. I wasn't even talking to them. I was being kind of sarcastic to my friend who knows my humor and knew I was being sarcastic, but because someone took something personally and then they jumped all over me and it just sort of devolved from there. And we, we spent a little bit of time talking about that because I think we see a lot of people taking things personally. And I'm not saying that there's never a reason to take things personally, because I do think that there are moments where we want to take on a cause or take on something that matters to us. But if everything makes us reactionary and everything someone else does and says gives us reason to react in, in an emotional way, we're going to feel like a lot of the world is against us. 
From a relationship perspective, this is especially true if, let's say, your partner does and says something and you automatically assume it's about you and you've done something wrong. Or if they had a bad day at work and I'm just going to call myself on this because I struggle with this. I really do. I take a lot of things personally and I overassume. That's the third one. Don't make assumptions. I overassume that things are my fault even when they're probably not. Now, we could argue that maybe the reason I am that way is because I feel things so deeply and I never want anyone to suffer and I want the people that I care about and love to be okay. And if there's something I can do to fix it, then I want to. But if I turn that into a self-blame or some kind of a way that I go, oh, they're in a bad mood, it must be my fault and I'm a terrible person. Well, that's me taking something personally and then also making an assumption. So they go, be impeccable with your words. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. I feel like the don't make assumptions is is in some ways harder than the don't take it personally, because as Brene Brown would tell you, our brains are wired for story. We want to have a beginning, a middle and an end. We want to know sort of the outcome of a story. And if we don't have those supporting details, we will fill in the details with things that may or may not be so helpful. And that's why the assuming is kind of dangerous. And I can't even tell you the number of things I have convinced myself are true that have no basis in fact whatsoever, specifically in relationship land, because I start to get in my own way and convince myself of things that aren't true. And then I start reacting to them emotionally as though they're true. So you can see how this would be a really slippery slope for people to sort of watch out for in relationships. Yes, sometimes you can be your own worst problem, you know? Absolutely. You You can be your own worst enemy. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. I think now it's like some ways we're like taught to take things personally. You know what I mean? With all the stimulus around us, movies and TV and social media and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's like there, there's a lot of input that makes us feel like things are negative, things are bad, therefore we should take everything personally and be very emotionally reactive. And I'm not suggesting that you can't have a legitimate response to something that's going on in your life, in the world around you, you know, in your relationship. But sometimes it's helpful to do that pause, give yourself a second to reset, and then really ask yourself, you know, do, do I know that they're mad at me? Do I know that the reason they're upset is my fault? Do I really need to say anything? Going back to my checklist of does it need to be said? Does it need to be said now? Does it need to be said by me? Like you're going to notice that as you listen to various podcasts, they're going to build on each other because we're sort of moving towards this overall theme of building a really stable feeling with self and a really stable feeling with other people. And, And it's a process. It's not something that we just snap our fingers and it's magic because, you know, that idea like wounded people raise wounded people or the idea that none of us, you know, get out of our childhoods unscathed. We all have some issues that stem from things that we were exposed to or things that we went through or even well-intentioned people that might not have given us what we needed. There's a lot of elements that go into that whole trauma, generational trauma aspect that that's going to have to be another discussion on another day before I get off on a tangent. But those whole, all of those things lead to taking things personally and making assumptions, which then brings us to the fourth agreement, which is, and there's a caveat to this, but it's stated as always do your best, which I think in theory sounds pretty simple. But here's the thing about that. 
Your level of best is going to change from day to day, depending on a variety of factors, how you feel, what's going on. Did you wake up, you know, late and you've been running behind schedule all day? Do you actually feel like you're at your best on some days? And it's not always going to be the same from day to day to day. So not only is your level of best going to change, other people's level of best is also going to change and they have to be evaluated from their own perspective, not from your perspective. So like if I think this is the level of best, I do X, Y, and Z, but somebody else thinks level of best is TP and Q, I can't judge them by my standards. I have to be willing to look at it through their lens. And that's where that whole empathy thing comes to play. We have to be able to look at things through someone else's lens before we can really, truly evaluate where they're coming from. Otherwise, we're walking around judging people based on our own standard. And so in a relationship, this is really easy to you know, get off track because we start expecting our partner to live their life by our standard what, rather than asking them, hey, how do you feel? What do you want to do? How do you want to show up? Or even just recognizing that their level of best may not match ours. And so part of the process of applying the four agreements to your relationship is figuring out how to develop that relationship empathy, that relationship compassion, and to find some middle ground that you can sort of see where the other person is coming from. All right. So as a quick recap, because I know we got to get out of here, we have be impeccable with your words. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Simple in theory, not always easy to implement, but incredibly life-changing if you can put this into practice in your life. So that's kind of my challenge to you listening and to everyone that's involved in this uh, conversation right here. How can we do that? What does that look like? And then over the next few weeks, I'm going to dig into each one of the agreements with a lot more detail. We're going to talk a lot more about how they show up specifically in relationships. And there's even a fifth agreement that we're going to try and dig into at the end of all of that. But we got to get through the first four first. So there you go. Is the fifth agreement send Randy Cash all of your money at our cash comedy on the Instagrams? Okay, people can follow you on the Instagram, but the fifth agreement is not send Randy Cash money. No, that is not the fifth agreement. Um, But good try. Good job. Appreciate it. But no, Um, if you do want to follow along with anything I've got going on, you can go to lindsaywalden.com and find any past blogs, past podcast episodes, as well as information about how to work with me and the workshop that I've got relaunching here in a couple of weeks. If you want to connect on social media, you can do that on Facebook at Lindsay Walden Consulting, on Instagram at This Is Lindsay Walden, on TikTok at This Is Lindsay Walden, and on Pinterest, you can find me at Therapy Thoughts. And before we wrap up, I have to let you guys know that Randy and I have recently gotten on the Clubhouse platform, and we are going to be doing some live broadcasting, almost like our old radio days, over on Clubhouse. So you can follow me over there at Lindsay.Walden. Randy, what's your name over there on Clubhouse? I should be at Cash Comedy, trying to keep okay. it simple, people. So because, yeah. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to have more detail about that in future weeks, but I wanted to go ahead and let you know, if you're not following us over there, make sure you are until next week. I do hope you keep doing what you can to live your best life and building your relationship of your dreams. And we will be back next week with more.